We've been in a series called All In. All In. We've kind of been using this idea of, of jumping out of an airplane, jumping out of an airplane and, and going, going all in. Just when you put on, that, you put on that, that jump pack on or you strap yourself to that person and they jump you out of that airplane and you just, you just fly. You just kind of go wherever they, wherever they take you. And so we're in um, our, our fourth week of that and, and uh, we're glad you're here. And if you're just now joining us, I'm going to catch you guys up on, on where we've been. But we looked at the first week of this, that, um, that Jesus went all in for us so we could go all in for him. Jesus went all in for us so we could go all in for him. I love what the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. The Bible says this, that, that even though we were sinners, Christ loved us so much, or Christ died on the cross for our sins, or the Bible uses this word commended. He commended his love toward us. And like Diana said in here today, that you know, God can put together, God can put back together all the broken pieces, and, and he specializes in broken pieces. So if you came in here today broken, you came in here a little bit beat up, God does great, great things with things that are things that are broken. I, I, I can relate with broken. I was at my mom's house for Thanksgiving, and um, I've broken a lot of windows in that house. How many of you guys have ever broken a window in a house before? I've I, I broken, you, you know, it would be awesome if I had the power that Jesus had to put some windows back together because I broke a lot of windows, and, and I thought windows were bad. My parents said, no ball in the house. Well, you locked six kids in the house while you went to work so that we could have food on the table. We're going to play ball in the house. That's just what we're going to do. And I remember one of the times my dad said, uh, Lathan, who's is always on sound, says, hey, let's play pepper in the house. And if, if you're, this is a bad idea, right, Jill? If you, if you know what pepper is, you, it's, you throw, a baseball, throw a baseball to the guy at the bat, and he just pops it back to you. Just simple, just a little pop back. That's it, just a little pop back. And the first couple times, it went really, really good. And Lathan's like, let me, let me hit it a little bit harder at you. You know, it's always my younger brother talking to the older brother and do something bad, you know. And he's like, let me, just, let me just pop it a little bit harder. I'm like, yeah, pop it a little bit harder at me. And, man, he, he ripped that thing right down third base line, right out the window. It just kept on going. Like, I mean, I don't know how far. Well, I don't know if we ever found that ball again. But that, we've, we've, broken some, we've broken some windows. But Jesus went all in for us. And he, he can put back all the broken pieces. He specializes in broken pieces. And so we love that he went all in for us so we can go all in for him. And week two, we looked at this decisions determines destiny. Decision determines destiny. If you're gonna go somewhere, you gotta make a decision to go. If you're gonna jump out of an airplane, you gotta make a, you gotta make a decision to, to do that. If you're gonna go on to Thanksgiving to your family's house, you've gotta make a decision to go there. If you're gonna go all in, you've gotta make a decision. It's great that Christ died for us. It's great that God made a way for us to go all in for him. He did all the work for us, but we've gotta make a decision to go all in with him. We've gotta make that decision. It'd be, he doesn't make the decision for us, but he gives you and I the decision to go to go all in for him. And then last we look at this. Without commitment, nothing ever happens. Without commitment, nothing ever, 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 ever happens. Without commitment, nothing ever happens. You, there's a lot of people. I heard uh, somebody say one time, the, the place with the, um, one of the saddest places ever is a, is a funeral, not a funeral, is, is a cemetery. And not because there's dead people there, but because there's a lot of dreams that never, ever happen there. There's, some, there's a lot of commitments that never, never got made. A lot of things never got happen because people didn't make some, some commitments to do some things. And without commitment, nothing ever happens. And as if, you, if you've been with our church for a while, you know this, we've made a commitment to go to two services in January, at 20, uh, January next year and the 21st. Uh, we're open up the first the year with the 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. And don't worry, I don't want you not to eat for 21 days. I know some of you guys, like, you don't want, you're not proud about being a Baptist, but you eat like a Baptist. You know what I'm saying? You're like, I'm a Baptist when it comes to eating. I want to make sure I eat well. We're going to go into a, a season of, of praying and fasting for 21 days, and we're open up another experience at 9 a.m. so more people can come be at at the table. More people can come hear about this love that we're singing about today. But we've made a commitment, a commitment to do that. A commitment to that. If we never made a commitment, then nothing ever, ever happens. Do you know someone that they're just afraid of, 
they're afraid of commitments. You just, there's two types of people that are afraid of commitments and people that they'll make all kinds of commitments and they don't even mind breaking the commitments. Like they'll just make a commitment. Like I don't even know if I'm gonna stick with it, but I'm gonna make it anyways. And there's two types of people, but I realize this about commitments. I, I got on the phone call this past week and, and um, my dad said I could use him as an illustration whenever I wanted to. And it always works better when he's not here, but he's here today, so I'm gonna go ahead and do this. But um, he, he, said, he called me and he's like, I, I said, what's up? Lathan called me. I don't know if my dad knew I wouldn't answer his phone call, um, but Lathan called me, and my dad's like, what's up? And I'm like, not much. Why are you on Lathan's phone? And he was like, because I pay for it, you know? It's pretty simple, you know? Um, I was like, what's up? He's like, hey, um, I posted something on Facebook that I want to delete. It's embarrassing enough that my dad has Facebook, but that he can't use it makes it one step further, you know what I'm saying? And um, and he goes, I need to figure out how to delete this thing. I'm like, well, there's these three little buttons on the top right. And when you, when you scroll down, through, when you hit that button a little bit lower, it says, if you don't know how to delete stuff, don't post it. No, it, it doesn't say that. And I said it pretty much like that, a little bit of variance to it. But I'm like, hey, if you don't know how to delete it, don't, don't, don't post it. And, and he, said, um, he said to me, um, well, what do you do the rest of the day? I said, well, typically Lathan, who's got me on phone, I said, typically he calls me and tells me all the things that I did wrong the day before. I said, so I'm getting ready for that phone call. I, I wait for that phone call all day long. And I said, the good news, after two years, the phone calls have gotten less. I haven't messed up as many things. And he's okay with most of the things that I, that I say now. And, and so he goes, well, 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 now that I have you on the phone, let me tell you a couple things too. I'm like, oh, great. And you know, you know, if you know your dad, your dad, if he wants to tell you something, he's gonna tell you the full story. You know, you're gonna get the whole thing. But my dad, what my dad said to me, he, he, he said an important thing to me today. That, that day that I gathered and he sent me this picture with some diagram. I didn't want to show it to you because I don't know what it really meant, you know, but I realized this from that conversation because you can learn from anybody. My dad, basically what he said to me was what I want to share with you today that in, in life, there's always barriers to entry or there's barriers to going, going all in. There are barriers to going all in. In, in, in business world, they call it barriers to entry. A lot of guys, they do a thing called a feasibility study, see if there's anything that we could do to, to, make, this, to make this work. And, and I realize in this room in here today that in life, when we, if we want to go all in, there's going to be some, there's some barriers, there's some barriers to entry, there's some barriers to going all in. I was at the gym this week and a guy said, I really want to come to church, but I, I, want, to bring my, I want to bring my wife to me. I said, don't let that be a barrier to you. Come without her. So you can sit next to some other guys that go, that go there, that, that come from the gym. Like, you just don't worry about that. And, but I realized that could, be a, that could be a barrier. That could be a barrier to entry. That could be a barrier from going all in. But in this room here today, we all have barriers. One out of one people, the Bible says, have a sin problem. But today we want to use the word bear. We all have barriers. We all have that one thing in our life that we wish we could go back and change it and we can go back and fix it and make it a little bit better. And we wish we could change it and it would just make things better and it would help us, it would propel us to be going all in. We would do more for God. We would go further for God if we can go back and change that one thing where I would go to church, but there's that, there's that one thing. I was at the barbershop um, Stephon, with, with Stefan and his brother was saying, I made a commitment not to go back to church. But God told me, you need to go back. He goes, I went back. The very first day I got back, the pastor resigned. <laughs> He was like, how many of you know that's a sign not to go to that church? You know, like, I come back to church, and he's like, the pastor is on. He goes, and I was like, oh, fine, it's okay, God. I think it was like this, Stefan. He said, I went back the next week, and the youth pastor resigned. He's like, God, this ain't working out very good. So he's like, I got to go back and see if the third strike, you know, three strikes here. He goes, I got to go back next week and see what happens, you know. But he kept on going. He goes, but I realized this. He goes, I, I had a lot of reasons why I didn't want to go, but God told me to go, and I went. And I, he goes, I, I just keep on coming. I'm there. But we all have, we all have these barriers to stop us from going, going all in. I, I wrote down this today, the great things never came from comfort zones. 
Great things never, ever come from comfort zones. And maybe one of the barriers you have is your comfort zone. Maybe it just feels good where I'm at. Don't get me wrong. It feels, it, I don't know what it's like, but it probably feels nice to sleep until about 9.30 on Sunday morning. I can't remember the last time I've ever done that before, but I'm sure that feels really, really good, you know? Or some of you guys are like, I slept till 10.05. That's why I got here at 10.45. And we, you, you miss half the music, you know? Like, I just, I, that's a barrier for some. Some people, this is a, some people come at 10.30, it's a barrier, you know? Some of you guys are like, well, why are you going to a 9 a.m.? Because for some people, 10.30 is a barrier. They want to come, 10.30 is late for some people. But there's a barrier. There's, sometimes there's, there's barriers to going on. Maybe it's your circumstances. Maybe you're like, man, if I could just change these circumstances, then I would, then I would go all in. Or maybe it's your comfort zone. Or the list could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Yesterday um, was a sad day for me um, in, in college football. And uh, <clears throat> can, I be on, can I have a super honest, transparent moment with you? Don't have to say yes. I'm going to have a transparent moment with you anyways. Like, I never asked for permission. I'm not going to start now. But I just, after the Gators lost yesterday, don't you say amen, none of you guys. I just thought, you know what? I wish everybody would lose. I just want everybody to lose. I want everyone to be a loser like I am right now. I'm sitting on my couch. I'm studying for my message. I'm, you know, I'm praying and fasting that the Gators would win. And I'm studying for my sermon. I'm like, this does not help me, God, preach to better tomorrow. Like, can we just get one win so I can walk in there tomorrow and help, have my head held high and I could just communicate the gospel in just a better way? I could do, I, God, I could preach better if the Gators win. I promise you I'll preach better. I swear more people will get saved, more lives will be changed. If you could just help them to win. And I was like, God, you just, you said no to that answer. You've said no to that prayer every single week, the last six weeks in a row. And I can't take it no more. But I'm like, and so I, I got, I, I got to, came here to church. We set up and that helped a little bit because there's people here. And then I got the Tijuana Flats afterwards and, my buddy goes, look at, Adam goes, look at the score of the game. And I'm like, oh, man, they're, that's great. Alabama's behind. I'm so glad Alabama's behind. I'm like, they haven't lost in like 10 years. Like, it should be great if they would just lose one game. And, and he's like, no, that's a fight. And I was like, yes. And I was like, it was like the Holy Spirit just filled me up again. Like, I was just, it was like God answered a prayer request in a certain kind of way. And I was like, this is good because I think everyone deserves to lose sometimes, you know. And, but I realized sometimes that we, we have these, these things in life that are, that there are barriers. Like, I just, my circumstances, I wish, if my circumstances were better, then I could be, then I could be better. I, I, I was watching, um, I was watching on my phone the, the USF-UCF game, but the USF quarterback, his name is Clinton Flowers, and Clinton Flowers was seven years old. He, his, he asked his dad, he was sitting, he's from South Florida, he said, Dad, um, South Florida, he, he's at the University of South Florida, but he's from Miami, South Florida, that area down here, and he goes, Dad, can I get some money to go to the, to, to go to the store, they were watching a football game. I think what I read was uh, Sports Illustrated was it was the Dolphin game or something like that. And so the, he said, "Dad, can I go and can I go and get some go to the store?" And he, Dad gave me some money. I ran to the store, and he goes, "Before I even got to the store, I heard a gunshot." He goes, "And a stray bullet, uh, a, a drive-by shooting happened, and it, and it killed his dad when he was seven years old as an elementary student." I mean, that's terrible. He's like, man, that's that guy right there. He's got he's got some circumstances or a situation that he wishes he can go back and change. And he gets to high school. He's in our, his, his mom gets diagnosed with cancer, and his mom dies when he's in high school. And like, man, that guy's got some circumstances and some situations, and absolutely he does. And he gets to college. When he's in college, he's 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 trying to trying to he, he finally gets these guys recruit him as a quarterback. He wanted to be a quarterback. Everybody's like, you're not a quarterback. You're a running back. And he had some. He was a he was a high level recruit at different positions. But he's like, I'm a quarterback. And USF finally said, fine, you can be a quarterback. <laughs> It's like if you ask them enough, they say yes. You know, he's like, we'll let you be a quarterback. And obviously he's a, he's a pretty good quarterback. And he made a quarterback, and, and his mom, his, his, the, his mother figure was his aunt. 
and his, his, aunt got, his aunt got sick and his, his aunt died as, as, he was, as he was in college. I think, believe it was his first year. And to make things worse, his, his, he, he went to call his brother, um, he went to call his brother um, for, to talk to him about one of the games. And he found out that his 24-year-old brother had been shot also. Stray bullet, killed his brother, shot right in the head. And it's like, man, it, I, don't, I don't care who you are in here today. Everyone's got a circumstance. But that's pretty, Wes, that's, that's pretty, that's not, that ha- doesn't happen all the time, Wes. That's, that's, a pretty big, that's a pretty big barrier. Absolutely, barrier after barrier after barrier after barrier. We all have some sort of barriers in our life. We all have them. No one can change that. Your situation, I wrote down this today, but your situation, it can frustrate you or your situation can fuel you. Your situation can frustrate you. Or your, sister can, can, your situation can, can fuel you. There's a guy in the Bible who had, who had, a, had, a, who had a rough go, and, and I'd like to take a look at his life just for a few moments and to, and for a few moments today. I like the Bible because I was talking to, um, I was talking to uh, Tamaru. It's, it's tough get, memorizing all these names. I wanted to call you by their first names, but you, when you memorize them as their last name, but I was talking to Chris this week, and Chris like, man, I love this All In series. He's like, I'm taking what you're telling us at church. I'm, going, I'm taking it to work the next day, and I'm, t- I'm teaching it or preaching it to my staff, to my, to my team. He's a, he runs a, um, a, um, a store, and he's like, I'm a manager. He's like, man, I, I'm, I'm taking I'm preaching it the very next day. I, I love this. Well, I love the Bible, and the reason why I love the Bible is because there's a lot of All In people in the Bible. And it reads to me like a playbook. It reads to me like a story. And, and a lot of times in life, I, we, we coaches, they have a playbook. And I believe the Bible is the greatest playbook ever written. And there's a lot of cool stories in there. There's some underdog stories in there. There's some stories about little guys beating big guys. There's a story about some good people doing some bad things. There's a story about some bad people doing some good things. The Bible has a lot going on in it. Well, there's an underdog in the story. There's a, there's a small guy in, this, in the scripture by the, name of, by the name of David. And I want to read you just a little snapshot of his life for just a moment today. And it really, I really, to do it justice, this really would take a long time. We could talk about this guy, David, for, for a, a long period of time, not just today, but many, many, many weeks in a row. But I want to read to you just a little snippet of his story, if I can. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 1, the Bible says this. Now the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man there named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. So scripture says, this guy saw he does not have it. I rejected him. Samuel, it's time to go anoint another king. It's time to find some more people that would go, that would go all in. I'm, I'm thankful for the launch team that we had to launch this church, but we need more people to go, to go where we're going to go. I'm thankful for the people that came yesterday, but we need some people to come in to jump in today to go to go all in. I'm thankful for everyone who's gone through next steps, but we need some more people to go through next steps. We're gonna, if we're going to go where God's called us to go, we need more people and we can't sulk. He says, let's go and we got to do this right now. So he says, okay, but Samuel said, how can I do that? If Saul hears about this, he'll kill me. <laughs> There's a barrier to entry. I'm supposed to go anoint this guy, but what if the actual king actually finds out about it? He's going to kill me. How many of you know, I would, if you were me, if, if I was this guy, Solomon, I'd be like, deuces, God. Find somebody else. You know, like, I, I'm not interested. I don't want to die. I actually want to, I want to live. I want to live a long, I want to live a long and prosperous life. Samuel said, how can I do that? He says, take a heifer with you. Take a cow with you, the Lord replied, and say that you've come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice. He's like, here's a plan. Here's how you can do this. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So verse 4 says this. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed him. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong? He's like, if you're coming here, there's a problem. 
He says here, do you come in peace? And he goes, I'll come in peace. We're all good. Verse five, yes, Samuel replied, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to sacrifice also. Then they arrived. Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed one. So he looked out from his house. Like, this guy looks like he's the guy. Like he looks like he could, this guy's got king potential. Like he's, he has the it factor. I don't know what it is, but you ever met someone before? And I used to preach a message a long time ago called it. And, and you ever met someone, they just have it. You don't know what it is. You can't put a word on, but they just, they just have it. It's like something about them. You just, you just want to be around them. You want to hang out with them. You want to go where they go. I told someone the other day, I was telling Chris that everybody wants to be around winners. Like when a winner has it, like, I don't know what it is, but I just want to go be around them. There are some people, if you're funny, I want to hang out with you. I like funny people. I, I, you have it. If you're, if you're a coach, you're saying, I like hanging out with coaches because I think coaches sometimes, they just, they have it. I don't know what it is, but they, they have it. Sometimes for me, if someone has influence, I want to hang out with them because they have, they have a piece of, piece of itch. Or if someone is a great entrepreneur, if they're going places, I want to, I want to go. Have you ever noticed this when good things are happening? It's usually happening in a clump. It's like it's happening to everybody. I don't know about you. If something good's happened, I want to find out what's happening, and I want to go, I want to go with them. My buddy Josh is, is going to uh, move into a second or a third canvas, and I'm like, I want to hang out with them because I want to, things are going good. I want to hang out with them. Another buddy of mine, his name is Justice, Justin, and he's three or four years, his church three or four years old. But I want, to, I want to go. If things are going good there, I want to go and see what they're doing. A friend of mine the other day posted, he is going to a, a rotary meet. I'm like, and he's running with these guys. Like, I want to, I want to go with them. If he's going there, I want to, I want to go where there's people that are doing some things, where some sex, success is happening. I want to go where that's happening at. Where's the success at? I shouldn't say that when you talk as fast as I do. I want to go where the sex is happening. You know, I want to go where the success is happening. That's where I want to go. You just throw the S bomb in there, and people aren't paying attention. And you're like, I'm all in, Wes. Where do I sign up at? Give me a connect card. I love this church. Here I am, Lord, send me. You know, like, I want to go all in with the success. I want to go all in with the success. And so things are going, things are because that guy looks like he has it. And he says, the Lord says to him, don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I rejected him. He's no good. <laughs> the Lord does not see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Just a freebie, if you're here today and you're worried about a lot of people, one of their barriers to entry is whatever, what everybody's going to think about me. And can I help you with this a little bit? It doesn't matter what everybody thinks about you. It matters what God thinks about you. It should matter to you what I think about you if I was your creator, but I'm not your creator. It should matter to you what the guy in the back row thinks about you if he was your creator, but he's not your creator either. So it doesn't really, really matter. What should matter to you is, is who you matter to, and that's God. It shouldn't matter what anybody else thinks about you, and it, it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And, um, and so he says here, he goes, ah, you look on the outside, but God's not looking on the heart. That's not the guy. Then Jesse told his son, Abimadabab, he got made fun of, <laughs> to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one either. Then Jesse said, come here, Shimia. Oh, Shimmy, oh, Shimster. But Samuel said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen? Yeah, you're not it either. Sorry, bud. Go back to whatever you were doing. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these jokers. Then Samuel said, are these all the sons you have? Because I know God sent me here. We've gone through seven sons, and God's telling me these ain't the ones. Like, some of them looked apart. 
They smell the part. I think they got the part, but they're just not, they're just not the part. They're just, they don't, they don't fit the qualifications of, of what, what we're looking for. And I want you in here to know, all of us in here today, that God's not, there's no qualifications to be used by God. There's no, there's just, you just got to be available. Like, Wes, I don't have the right height. I don't have the right skill set. I'm, I'm not a good communicator. And, you know, I, you know I, I don't say all the right things at the right time. I don't, I don't do all the things at the right time. I don't, if, if that's you, if you don't say all the, all the right things at the right time and you don't do all the right things, welcome to being in the same club with the, with the greatest preacher ever to live by the name of Apostle Paul. He said, when I want to do right, I'm doing wrong. And when I'm doing wrong, I wish I was doing right. Like, if that's how you feel, then you're in great company. If you feel like you don't look the part, you're in good company. If you're worried about what everybody else thinks about you, around you, you're in bad company. Because it doesn't matter what everybody thinks about you. So he's unpacking this for me. He goes, none of these guys are with him. Like, you have to have another son. And you guys, there is still the youngest one. Not the youngest one, Wes. Wes, don't spoil her. Wes, don't tell me he picks the youngest one. Jesse replied. But he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Oh, he's young? And his per job is to be a sheep watcher. Don't tell me he picks the sheep, the sheep guy. Like, don't tell me he picks that guy because he doesn't have a whole lot going for him. He's not, he's not capable. Like, just the, just the basic old, I don't know what basic means, but apparently that's a slam now. Like, if someone says, hey, you basic, that's wrong. And the reason why I knew I walked in the house today, my three-year-old looked at me and she goes, dad, you basic. <laughs> I'm like, basically, I'm going to slap you. That's what basically means. Like, so basically, it's the new slam. It's the new diss. Like, the diss is the word we use in the 90s. It still works for me. Like, you got diss. Like, now it's like, you basic. If your kid walks in and says, you basic, it's like them cussing you out, basically. It's like, you basic, you know? And so I walked in the day, and they're like, you basic. And I'm like, well, you're bad, you know? Go to your room, you know? Like, you poop your pants, you know? Like, I'm like, take that. But he basically goes through this whole line. He's like, hey, these guys are just ordinary guys, and, and they don't have it. But you're telling me the, this, this guy over here, the sheep guy, he, you're telling me he's the guy? Let's keep on reading. He's the youngest, and he takes care of sheep. Send for him at once. We will not sit down until he gets here. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome. This guy's describing me in here. What the heck? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Once you go black, you don't go back. No, I'm just kidding. Come on, come on. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark, and he was handsome, and he had beautiful eyes. Girls, the guy you're looking for is in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's in the Bible. He was dark because he was outside being a shepherd all day long. And the Bible says, that this, this verse said, this is, this is the guy. The Lord said, this is the one. Get your oil out and anoint him. And, and this, is, this is the guy. Like, this is the one we've been waiting for. Like, this is, this, he's got it. Don't know what it is, but he's got it. So as David stood there among his brothers, I'm sure he was smiling. He's like, loser. You know, like, they picked me. Like, and they're like, they picked you last. You know, like, it's nice being picked, but when you find that you're picked last, that's never, ever good. You know, like, so he says in here in this passage of scripture, he's like, they, Samuel took the flask of oil and he brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on, then Samuel returned to Ramah. Like, boom, you're the next king, bro. Like, here you go. You're the, you're the guy. I want to give you a little timeline of, of David just really, really quick. But David, you see him right here. He's a shepherd. He's young, and he's a shepherd. And you, when you think about a shepherd, there's not a whole lot going on with, with shepherds. Smelly, stinky shepherds, they go out there, and they just take care of, they just take care of, uh, of the sheep. And, 
And not only was David a shepherd, but David goes from being a shepherd in the, next, the very next passage. David goes from being a shepherd to David becoming a, a, a warrior. He comes a warrior. He walks into the crowd. He's like, hey, guys, what's the all talk about? What's, what's, really, what's going on? And tell me what some of the berries are. To what, why, aren't we, why haven't we beat the Philistines yet? Well, the reason why we haven't beat the Philistines yet is because they're giants. They're huge. The, the barriers to entry are, are one man. One man is kicking our tail. Like we don't, we're afraid of the one guy. And he's like, you're afraid of the one guy? And like, yes, we're afraid of the one guy. And David's like, I'll go. I'll go. And like, what are your qualifications? And David goes, I mean, I'm a shepherd. One time a bear came after me, and I went after that bear with my club, and I beat that bear and took the sheep back, and I walked away. Club drop, walked away. One other time, one of the sheeps got taken by a lion, and he got taken away, and I went and got that thing, and I beat that thing with a club, and I, and I walked away. My neighbor rang my doorbell the other night at 10 p.m. You know if you ever get a ring on your door at 10 p.m., it's not good because people don't knock on today's doors in America. There's way too many people, way too many NRA gunslingers to be knocking on someone's door at 11 p.m. That's like asking for 45, you know? Like, you just don't knock on someone's door after that late. And so I'm like, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get this door, you know? We don't got no peephole, so, you know, I'm just shooting first and asking questions later. And I'm like, who is it? <clears throat> who is it? You know, I, deepest voice I got, which isn't very deep, but I went with it, you know? And, it's your neighbor. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's safe because he's, a, he's an ex-cop. So I'm like, he's already packing out there. So I don't need to be packing in here if he's packing out there, you know. There's just no, so open door. I was like, what's up, Chris? He's like, hey, I just saw a bobcat on your hood of your car. I'm like, oh, dang it. I like this whole country living thing. It feels like the country right here compared to the UCF area where I'm from. And, um, but I, Joe's like, I, I did Joe and Frankie's wedding. They live in the, she, he lives in the country, like, country like you know what it's country it ain't country it's country they live in the country I'm like how in the world I live in this city how is there a bobcat he's like the bobcat was like this big I'm like bobcats aren't that big bro like I, I've seen National Geographic they're not that big and because I, I, I fought one time I fought one one time and I, and I beat it David was a shepherd David was a warrior and David became a king and David became a king but David was just like you and I there was a barrier there's a barrier. He had barriers to entry. He was a small guy. He was the young guy. He didn't have a whole lot going for him. He had plenty. He had plenty of barriers, just like this, just like this USF quarter, quarterback, Quentin Flowers, had barriers to entry. So does, um, so does UCF linebacker um, Shakem Griffin. He has a twin brother. When he was four years, when he was, when he was, uh, someone was telling me the story the other day, I was just listening to them, but when he was, he, he's a twin brother, whenever he was in his mom's womb, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his, around his hand. He could never get his hand fully functioning. So he, when he was four years old, they amputated his hand off. He just has a nub. His full arm just goes down to here, and that's where he, he, he got it out. And there was, I was watching this, reading this, reading and watching this, this thing about him the other day, but he was um, conference, um, he was, defending he's defending the conference defensive player of the year for his conference last year how many of you know if you're going to play football it's probably better to have two hands but he said you know i know there's a barrier to entry but that wasn't the barrier to entry to stop me from being a football player his brother is in the, his, his twin brother is plays for the seahawks and and he's looking to go into the draft next year and one of the things they asked him, he said, my, he, one of the things that he said in this interview, he said, my dad never, ever let me have, my dad never, ever let me use a, the excuse of having one hand to stop me from playing football. He said, my dad just drilled me to catch with one hand because I just got used to catching the ball with one hand. And you see him in pictures in some of these UCF games where he's just tackling guys, but he's catching interceptions and bringing down with one hand. And, and you're realizing here today, a guy like that, you think, man, he has lots of, lots of barriers. He has plenty of barriers, Wes, 
tons of barriers. But he, didn't, he, said, he said there, he says, I had one simple rule. My dad had one simple rule was this, no excuses. No excuses. And our gym, uh, um, one of the moms brought her daughter to, to, to come. Um, this girl's a brilliant kid. I think she's at some super smart kid school. But this mom brought her daughter to come work out with us. And she said, I can't. And I'm like, you don't say that here. Because that board says, if you say, I can't, it adds three burpees. How many of you know, if you're already doing burpees, already in the workout, and you're saying, I can't during the burpees, this is not a good thing. Like, you're doing burpees, and you're saying, I can't. You're adding to the, you're adding to the, the list. And he's, I said, we don't say that here because it adds, it, adds to the, it adds to the punishment. But how many of you guys in here today, maybe you grew up in a life where you can say, I can't a lot, or you have plenty of excuses. We all could probably narrow down one reason why we can't go all in. We all can find one reason. There's so many more reasons why we can these guys here are making it happen. They're just, they're just going for it. I was sitting in my house a few weeks ago and listened to the story of a, of a friend of mine saying, everyone's got a story and they're all important and they all matter to God. Every single one of you guys have a story and we all have barriers and your barriers are important to me. And I hate that you have your barriers. And I, if I were explaining to you my barriers, you would say, man, I hate that you had that barriers. I was talking to Stefan the other day about some of the barriers that I had in my life. And, and I realized in here today that I, it took me a while to figure out who I was, you know, being half black and half white. Like I didn't know if I just, which way I was supposed to go. And I always, when I had, there were some, there were some barriers there were some barriers to entry. We all have barriers to entry. Every single one of us have them. But how many of you guys know in here today that if you let your barriers stop you, you'll never go anywhere. You'll never go anywhere. So I want to give you two quick things today. Here's the first one. God's put this on my heart. I, I, I've, I've been sharing this word with, the, with some people, and I'm hoping it goes viral in, in our church. But here's the first one. If you're going to go all in, you have to hustle hard. You've got to hustle hard. David didn't have the qualifications. He wasn't talented. He wasn't skilled. But you know what he had? He had hustle. I asked, uh, I asked, um, I asked Ryan the other day. I'm like, Ryan, you're, you're killing me on these wads. How do you, he goes, I said, how are you, how are you finishing these wads in such fast time? He goes, here's the key. He's like, you just can't stop. He's like, you can slow down, but you can't stop. And I, what I want you to know in here to say that you can go where you're going and you can slow down. It's okay to slow down, but you just can't stop. You have to hustle hard. The guys that are making it in life are hustling hard. Diane and I, the other day, a few weeks ago, we we're looking at 2018. She goes, babe, we can't compare our results. And by the way, we, we compare a lot on social media. It's a great tool, but it's also negative. But it's, it's, it's not okay to compare results. But you know what is okay to compare? It's okay, it's okay to compare hustle. It's okay to compare. If, if Matt's hustling his butt off, I can look at my life and say, man, that guy's hustling. I got to hustle too. And that can be a motivation. You can compare hustle. The butlers are hustlers. If they were up here today, they would tell you about all the barriers. And when they tell me, one of the things that they've said to me that was always an impression is like, he said, Wes, we were poor. I'm like, you want to know how poor we were? I'm like, how poor? He's like, when all you can afford is ramen noodles that you had to borrow money to buy, then you know you're poor. That's poor. I'm like, that's really poor. But you know what I think I know about them? And they, they've hit barriers after barriers after barriers. And everyone here has hit barriers. But when they tell me, one thing is I see about the, the butlers is that they're always hustling. Every, every, every day they're hustling. Every day they're hustling. You got to hustle hard, Tamaru. You got to hustle hard. Every one of us. Hustle has nothing to do with what you have, though. If I hustle and Jeff hustles and Rain hustles and I hustle, we're gonna, get to the, we're gonna get to the results. If we all run three miles, if I run it faster than you or run it slowly, it doesn't matter because we're all going three miles. But all that matters is that you hustle and then I hustle. Everyone's gotta hustle hard. Everyone's gotta hustle. Everyone's gotta hustle. Hustle has nothing to do with your abilities. But most people, they, most people focus on what they're not good at. And they worry about what they don't have instead of worrying about what they 
the little bit that they do have. Uh, I wrote down this today. I heard this watching the football game yesterday, but 80% of life is just showing up. How many of you guys are okay with that statement? You okay with it? Everybody okay with it? It's just, you just got to show up and hustle. Like no one's given a free, no one's, there isn't, most of us in here today, we've never given a free pass just to go out and make it. I was talking to my friend of mine today. I'm like, is that your motorcycle out there? Brett and Eric, and I'm like, he's like, yeah, that's my motorcycle. What do you want? What do you want to know? What do you want to know about it? <laughs> and he's like, do you let motorcycle guys in your church? I'm like, yeah, the more the merrier. You got, if you can't own a motorcycle, you have to have friends that own a motorcycle. You know what I'm saying? It's just smart. And I said, Erica, do you like, she goes, oh, I love that motorcycle. I love that motorcycle. You know what I, he, he had to work to get that thing. I mean, you know, you got you to work to get stuff. You just, nothing's ever just going to make, oh, here, I gave you, I gave you, a free, here's a free motorcycle. Here you go. You're welcome. They want, they want, they want their money. People want their money when you buy something. But here's what I know in this room. You, you can't just, you got to show up and you, you just got to hustle hard. We all have to hustle, hustle hard. In the seat right there in front of you, you have a card that looks like this. It says all in on it. You just grab it real quick. You're like, I don't want to move. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to move, Wes. Am I allowed to move? Yes, you're allowed to move. Like there's a card right there that looks like this. And if you're in the cheap seats in the back, Diana, can you get to some guys the cheap seats in the back? Like they pay extra to sit back there in case you're wondering. <laughs> Reserve seating. <clears throat> it, on, the, on this card, it says, it says all in on there. And you know what I know about this, this commitment card? It's, it's about hustle. It is not about abilities. We don't need you to have some, you don't need a five-star rating to be on our team. If you did, no one would be on the team. <laughs> you see that it's, you don't need a five-star rating. You don't have to be a high-level recruit. You don't need a top, top best recruit. On the, on the top of this card says your name because I'm committed to inviting more of my friends to Hope Church. You know what? It doesn't take any ability to invite someone to church. Hey, you, you want to come to my church? You want to come to my church? You want to come check it out? I was at the restaurant last night, and lady said, I was wearing my I Love My Church t-shirts, and if you're mad that you don't have one of those, keep coming to church here in February. There'll be more. It's We do I Love My Church in February, and every year we give out those shirts. That's when we give them out, but <clears throat> I, I love my church. And she goes, oh, what church do you go to? I said, oh, Hope Church, right up, right up the street. We, why don't you come check it out? Open up my, my, my phone, my Jesus Bible case, and I flip it open, and people make fun of me all the time, and I say, oh, here, let me give you one of these invite cards. All the information's on there. Come check it out. It takes no ability. It takes no special skills. You're, maybe you're in here saying, you said, I, don't, I, don't, I currently don't serve on the dream team, but I'm ready to go all in. It takes everyone that you see serve on here to walk around on these orange lanyards. They're on the dream team. And it takes teamwork to make the dream work. We're, we're only as good as everyone showing up. I've said this a lot of times. Like, if there's no people in the parking lot, smiling and waving, and then people don't know where to go. There's no people at the tent. The people come in. And if there's no coffee, Lord knows we can't have church without coffee. You know what I'm saying? But someone's got to run that coffee, coffee, coffee space. Someone has to do that. If there was no nursery workers in here today, this room would be a lot louder. Come on. It takes people. We, this is a, a lot of us coming here today. Jill and Megan came last night. They went through Next Steps last week and they helped set up and they walked in. I'm sure they looked, it looks a little bit different when you walk in here before. If you stay a little bit longer afterwards, you see this place, just, it looks different. Everyone that comes and helps set up with our church, like, man, this place looks so different. I'm like, yeah, it's a gymnasium. You thought it was a church, you know, like, it's a gymnasium. Like, we put a lot of time, effort, and energy into this. Like, these people, have all, these people that are helping us out, they're, they're our dream teamers and they're not, any, they're not better than anybody else in here today. They're just... They're just available. They're just all in. They just come and serve and do their part. Maybe in your day, like, I'm going to be on the dream team. I want to be on the dream team. Well, next week 
is next steps. And you can jump into next steps and you can be a part of that. You're, well, the next line says, I'm already on dream team and I'll continue to be all in. And, and you're like, I'm just gonna keep on going. I'm already, I'm already all in, but I'm gonna go all in. But all in, really, this is a, this is a gateway into, our, into the new year. We're gonna have, I know it'll be okay with you guys, so I'm not asking you, but man, when you, in the new year, we're gonna, there's gonna be people in your seats at 9 a.m. in different seats. Everyone have different seats. It's just gonna be, there's gonna be different seats at 9 a.m. because there's gonna be less people at 11 because we're gonna ask a bunch of you guys to come at 9 a.m. We're gonna, it's gonna look different. It's gonna look different, but we wanna open up a space for more people to come here about Jesus. And we're committed to that. I was telling a friend of mine the other day, he's, he's passing this church and he's kind of a little bit frustrated. I'm like, we got core values at our church. He's like, what's that? I'm like, well, there's seven things that we're gonna do. And most, most of them revolve around reaching people. We're gonna connect people to Jesus until God comes back. That's what we're gonna do. My son asked me today, he goes, why, is, why didn't Jesus get married? And the question, is, and the answer, it's a bad question. The answer is Jesus is married. And the Bible talks about, the Bible says that Jesus is married to his bride and his bride is Christians. It's you and I. He's married to you and I. Jesus is married. He's married to the church. The church is Jesus' bride. And we're gonna take really good care of this thing and we're gonna be the best bride we can be. And one of the ways we can be a bride is to bring more people into this, into this deal to hear about Jesus. So in the 2018 all-in commitment is this, I'm committing to attend the 9 a.m. service. We need about 70 of you guys to come at 9 a.m. That's what we need. You're like, Wes, I don't wake up that early. It's not that early, number one. Number two, 9 a.m., some of you guys are like, I can't wait to come at 9 a.m. That's gonna be, I was talking to a friend of mine, he's like, yes, I'm coming at 9 a.m. I was talking to the guy that runs the YMC, my friend Chris, he said, hey bro, 9 a.m., I wasn't talking to some people here, they wanna come to 9 a.m. because they gotta be at work at 11 already, so they can come at 9 9 a.m. is gonna be great for them. And so many people are saying, man, I, I wanna come at 9 a.m. I've been up since five o'clock anyways, you know? And, and then when you get out of church, you can go on a long motorcycle ride. But you're like, I, I want to come. I want to come early. Like, I, I can do that. I'm committed to 10 a.m. service to April. We need about 75 of you guys to commit to coming to 9 a.m. till Easter. We need you to come all the way through Easter because Easter, this place is going to be a madhouse. It's going to be, you know, we're going to double attendance on Easter. It's just what we do. We push really, really hard for Easter. We're going we're gonna to double attendance. And we just need you to come commit for, from, from, from um, January 21 all the way through Easter. It's about 11 weeks. We need you to commit. come and come at 9 a.m. Some of you guys, you're gonna to come to both and that's awesome. The more people, the better. We want people to be here when, when more people come here until this service begins to this service begins to grow. I commit to sit one, serve one once a month and I commit to sit one, serve one twice a month. Let me stop right there on that, on that part of that card. On that part of that card. Um, having these two services is gonna be awesome because you can, some, right now we have people that are serving and they're missing church. They come at 9.45 and we have, a, we have a 15 minute service for them or 10 minute service for them. And then they go serve, but they're missing church. But now when you come to sit one serve, when you can be in church at 9 a.m. and then you can come serve at 10.30. Or you can come, you can come and sit at 9 a.m. and come serve or you can do vice versa. You can do either one of, those, one of those options. You're not gonna have to miss church. And that's one of the things we have our dream team here, they're missing church and we don't want you to miss church. And so having a second service gives you an opportunity to come and sit and then, and then serve so you can do that. Some of you guys are hardcore, like, I'll serve both, you know, like, more power to you. But we want you to come and sit one, we want you to come serve one. But we really, what we really need is we need you guys to do that once or twice. Twice is the gold star level, platinum, platinum level. We need some platinum level people. <laughs> some of you guys say, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to hustle hard. I can do this thing twice, no problem. Twice a month, no big deal. You can sit one and serve one. 
You're not missing church zero, you miss church zero times. You just serve twice. And so we need some of you guys to do that twice a month. And you can do it. And it's not for the church, it's for lost people so they can hear about Jesus. Everything we do, we attach it to more people coming to hear about Jesus. So you can do that twice. You do it twice, and that would be a huge help. And I love one of the cards that we got from somebody. We did this at our, at our volleys, volleys event. It says, I can do more. And someone said, put me in, coach. I'll just do anything. I can, just, I can do more. Some of you guys, you want to do more. This is your opportunity to do more. Let us know, well, I'll do it twice. I'll do, some of you guys could probably do it three times, honestly. But two is great. Two would be awesome. Can I get three? Can I get three? Can I get three? Three? Can I get four? Can I get four? Can I get four? <laughs> twice, you can do it. We're going to have a team night coming up. I think there's a, there, may, there may be an image for that. There's a team night coming up. It's January. You can take out your calendars. It's January 5th, 6th, and 7th. January 5th, 6th, 7th. There's a team night. Team night. And um, the image is not coming. It's fine. It's not because January 5th, 6th. Just mark your calendar. It's a while away. We're just, I'm throwing it out there to you now. Um, December 10th. We're, we're doing our we're doing our heart for the house offering December the 10th, and that all, that's going to go towards our expansion. That's going to go towards expansion and local missions. Expansion and local missions. And here's the deal about 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 our, our heart for the house offering. We don't need everyone to give a million dollars for the heart for the house offering. But you know what I do want for us to do for the heart for the house offering? I want everybody to bring something. That's what I'm asking. I believe if everybody brings something, just whatever that is. If you bring something, then I know it'll be what God, it'll, will end and it'll be what God wants for our church. If everyone brings something, just bring something. I, I'm in the early days of our church. I remember when one of the guys came to me and said, hey, we got a Dunkin' Donuts gift card in the offering plate. <laughs> I was like, praise him. You know, like Jeremiah's water ice gift card in that. I'm like, is that going to the pastor or who's that going to? I just need to know. Shotgun, like, <clears throat> but people are saying, I, I don't have anything, but I'm going to give, I'm going to give what I do have. Hustle is not about great ability, by the way. Hustle, about, hustle is just about being available. I can, I can, I can, I can scrounge, I can bring it. If you brought a dollar and that's what God told you to give, then that's awesome. For us, we, we wrote an offering check last year for Heart for the Housing, and I'm laying in the bed, and, and I was laying in the bed the other day, and God said, Wes, I want you to give more than you gave last year. And here's what I know. I don't know what that more is quite yet, but I know I'm gonna get more than I gave last year because I don't want to miss out on, God can't bless what you don't give him. <laughs> That's simple. Like he can't, I'm, I believe in a God of multiplication. I want to give him what I got so he can multiply it. I'm just saying, that's just how I roll. I'm all about the hustle. I want to hustle. I want to hustle hard. And those are all things. Just do what you can do and let, and let God do what he can do. And then here's the second thing. I, I got to be done. Hustle hard and then stay humble. Hustle hard and stay humble. Whenever God brings the increase, because he brings the increase, then stay humble. And don't brag about you bringing the increase because you didn't bring the increase. Brag about God when the increase comes. Brag about God when the increase comes. I want to invite you to stand to your feet.